So we are in a series uh, on Sundays called Show the Love of God. Okay, that has to do with the vision of our church as part of our vision. And this teaching, uh, like I said, that we started last week is called Instruments of His Love. All right, now I want to do a little test real quick to see if you guys have been catching on. Uh, this year at NUMA, we said that it's a special year. Do you know what's the theme of this year at NUMA? Do you guys know? And the front row cannot answer, all right? The front row are the pastors and leaders that are with me, okay? What's the theme of this year at NUMA? Compassion. All right. It's a year of what, guys? Of compassion, okay? Of being moved to, to love on people and to do good works and to treat others as you would like them to treat you, right? To show God's love, right? And uh, to be compassionate about the situation that people find themselves in. There's situations all around us that are difficult that people are going through. Uh, just yesterday, I was sitting here in the in the social training, and I get a text from one of my old high school buddies that we played basketball together. And he writes me, and he goes, uh, "PC, I just want to let you know that so and so's dad just passed away early this morning. If you could please be praying for him and his family." It was all of a sudden, and I'm like. What happened? And the ones that were here in the so-so heard the story that Tom shared about his wife and how she passed away. And I was shocked because when he told me how my friend's dad passed away, he went into the hospital on Thursday because of pneumonia, had respiratory problems, and by Saturday morning he was gone. From pneumonia. Just like that. Quick, there was no preparation. The guy hadn't been sick before. Just happened this week. Last week he was fine. So last night I was, you know, texting with my friend and just saying, hey, and whatever you need, we are here, you know, and he's opening up and stuff like that. People need God's compassion in the times that we're living. It's not hard to be an instrument of God. We just need to make ourselves available. How many of you guys want to be used by God to either hug, embrace, give a word, pray for somebody? Don't we all want to be instruments of God's love? He's looking for people that He can use. He's looking for people that will make themselves available, okay? And sometimes, guys, you don't even have to be that ready, okay? Because we think that maybe I have to go to Bible school. I got to learn X amount of verses. I got to do this. I got to do that. Listen, the disciples, when Jesus found them, Okay, these guys were fishing. (laughs) They weren't catching any fish. They weren't even good at their profession. All right? Uh, They weren't too good at it. All right? And uh, Jesus said, hey, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So here we go, Peter and, you know, John and all these guys. They start following Jesus, and they start doing great things for God. What he was looking was for people that would make themselves available. Can you say with me, available? He's looking for people that would make themselves available so that he could use them as their instruments, all right? So we need to be prepared, okay, that we're going to encounter people in their brokenness. We're going to encounter people in the midst of their despair. And in the midst of that, I was saying something last week. Sometimes you don't even have to have the perfect words. It's just being there. You know, sometimes it's just allowing people to cry with you and you having empathy and being there with them. You see, 
That's how Jesus lived here on earth. If you come with me to Isaiah 53, beautiful scripture, okay? It talks about Jesus being, you know, the sacrifice, you know, of God and everything that he went through. But in this scripture here, um, it says something very amazing. In verse 3 of Isaiah 53. And it says this. It says, He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. A man of what? Of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. That's amazing. Isaiah 53 prophesying how Jesus was going to be. It calls him of men of sorrows. Now, is, was he a man of sorrows because there was no joy in him? No. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit and he had the fullness of the Spirit. Okay? But it says that he was a man of sorrows. He was a man that was acquainted with the deepest grief. Jesus walked amongst broken people. And he had no problem in sharing in their brokenness and being in their midst. I love the story of, you know, the, the lepers, okay, that, that cries out to Jesus, Son of David, have compassion on me. And Jesus could have just given a word and healed them. But the Bible says that he touched them. You see, back in those days, you couldn't touch a person with leprosy. You see, it was, it was scary. You could get contaminated by that leprosy. And Jesus not only gave him a word of healing, but he touched them. He knew where the broken areas of people were. And he was not afraid to mix it up and get involved with them in the midst of their pain and in the midst of their situation. So there's nothing, guys. Now I'm going to speak to us here in this room. There's nothing that each of us in this room will go through in this life that he doesn't identify with. There's no grief. There's no sorrow. There's no problem or situation that you and I will go through that He won't be there for you. And if you're here this morning and everything is fine, then praise God. But if you're here this morning and there's an area of brokenness in you, there's an area that you're crying out to God this morning and saying, Lord, I really need you to do something for me. I need a breakthrough in this area. Let me tell you, Jesus will find you and encounter you right there. He's just waiting for us to give Him permission. And invite him in and say, Lord, here I am. I need you. And then, he wants us to make ourselves available to help others in the midst of their brokenness and in the midst of their needs. Now, as you grow in your walk with God, you'll start to understand what are your areas of giftings and what areas you're better at, better at what areas you're stronger at. Okay, for example, there's some people that is their passion to go visit people in the hospital that are sick. There's people that is their passion, okay, to go and pray for the homeless under a bridge. Okay, you might do it because you know it's a command of Jesus to visit the sick and do it, but you're like, Pastor, that doesn't, that's not really my passion. That's not really up my ballpark. You know, I feel better, you know, if I would be doing this or doing that or doing that. Okay, that's perfect. Then I'm going to jump on something that Andres said and let you know the importance of you going through the growth track so you find out what your gifting is and what's your passion point. 
and see what are the areas in your life that God equipped you to do. But that doesn't mean, okay, that because you were made to do this, that you don't do this other thing. Because Jesus wants us to do it. You guys understand what I'm telling you? Now, that this is the reality of it. If I'm a one in something and a ten in another area, okay, I'm going to do the one once in a while, but I'm not going to stick to that all the time. I'm going to stay stuck to what? To my strength. So that's important that we find out which are our strengths. That's what growth track is about. So you go in, you join, and you find out how to go ahead and do that, okay? So we said last week, okay, that God's love is a tangible love. Can you say that with me? Tangible love. Tangible love. What does tangible love mean? You can touch it, okay? If somebody's hungry and you tell that hungry person, hey, let me pray for you, that God will provide for you, that prayer is great. But that person's like, uh, how about the provision come through you, you know? If somebody's hungry, how do we show that person God's love? We feed them. You understand? And then after you feed them, then you talk to them. You know, it's like, listen, I'm here because God sent me to show you his love, to let you know that you're not alone, you know, all these things. But love, God's love needs to be tangible. Okay, and we were saying that the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the word Jesus became flesh and he lived among us. Okay, that's John chapter 1 verse 14. I love the original word because the original word in the Greek, it says, doesn't say that he lived among us. It says that he tabernacled among us. You know what that literally means? That Jesus came and he pitched his tent right here next to us. In the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of this fallen world, Jesus pitched the tent and he says, okay, the kingdom of God is here. We're about to, we're about to do some business. We're about to take care of some stuff that is going on here. He pitched his tent. It was like Eden at the beginning. God put that garden of Eden in the midst of a chaotic world so that what? That garden would grow like how Tom was saying. Jesus pitched his tent here. He tabernacled among us. He went up to heaven. And who does he send now to go do his work? We talked about it. He sends us to do it. Okay, we talked about that in John chapter 20 last week. I'm not going to jump into that. Okay, because if not, I'm going to stay where I was. John 20, 21. It says the same way the Father sent me, I send you. All right. So the question that we're answering in this teaching is, who do we need to show the love of God to? Do you guys remember point number one from last week? Oh, I was going to do a, a, a little quiz here. Okay, point number one from last week's teaching. Who do we show the love of God to? Number one, I said this is the utmost priority. Who was it? The lost. Very good. Okay, and who are the lost guys? Who do we say those people are? The people that do not know Christ as their Lord and their Savior, all right? And we were talking that a lot of us know God traditionally. A lot of people, oh yeah, I know Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the guy on the cross in the Catholic Church. He's the one that you put around your neck, you know. He's, uh, you know, this generation has Buddy Jesus, you know. You see Jesus like that. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen the little meme of Buddy Jesus. I know Jesus. All, that, all that's intellectual. You know, all that is up here. The question is, if you really know him, if you have an encounter with him, have you invited him to be part of your life? And there's so many people out there that if we get to that point, they're like, I really don't know him. 
I really don't know him. I really don't know him. All right. We need to have a burden in our heart. Church, look over here. We need to have a burden in our heart for the lost. We can't just be comfortable us coming to church and family members that don't know the Lord. Friends that don't know the Lord. People that are in our classrooms that don't know the Lord. People that are in our work that don't know the Lord. We need to have a burden for the lost. You see, Jesus modeled that to us. In Mark chapter 1, okay? Mark chapter 1, verse 35. If you guys could go with me there. Mark 1, 35 through 39. This is a beautiful scripture. It says... Before daybreak the next morning, look at this, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon, that was Peter, and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. What did Simon and the other disciples tell Jesus? Everyone is looking for you. Jesus, it's time to do a service. I don't care if it's, you know, you've been up, you know, since early. It's like around nine o'clock in the morning. Church is about to start. Jesus, let's go. We got some lame people. We got some sick people. We got some people that need some healing. We got all these things going on. Okay, everyone is looking for you. But look at Jesus' answer. He goes, but he replied, we must go on to other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. You see, what Peter was trying to do was keep Jesus captive in the town that he was at. People are looking for him. Let's go. We need to start services here right away. And Jesus says, hey, we've been here and we've been preaching. We've been doing some work. There's other towns that need this as well. And it says that he traveled throughout Galilee with that message. We can't just pitch a tent here and say, okay, we're happy here on Sunday mornings with about a hundred people that we have in here right now and say, hey, everything's cool. Everything's fine, man. I love the worship. I love to give my offering. Everything's cool. No, there's other towns here in Miami. There's other people that need what you and I have. We need to have a burden for the lost. Jesus had it. And he says, that's why I was sent. That's why I was sent, to reach out to them. He went to where the need was. And that's how we need to walk. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Real quick, it says, For the Son of Man did not come to seek, and for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So who do we need to show the love of God to? The lost. Can you say with me? The lost. Okay, that's number one. Priority number one. And that's what, you know, this prayer target thing is about. And that's what Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday here at Numa is going to be about. The lost. And we need to get that passion and, and get it going. And I'm going to keep on asking, guys, how is your list of 10 people? Are you praying for your 10 people? Are you inviting them? And I'm going to tell you in April, when is the day? Okay, now you've been praying for them for like a month. Now it's time for you to invite them. Okay, number two, second group of people that we need to show the love of God to are the needy. Write that down, the needy. The needy. Okay, now within the needy, I broke that down a little bit. 
Okay, and who are the needy? So I wrote down the poor, the widow, the fatherless or orphan, the immigrant, the prisoners, the ones that don't have a voice in society. Okay, so within the umbrella of the needy, I wrote all these people down, all right, and you might find a few others that I might have missed. But the poor, the widow, the fatherless, the orphan, the immigrant, the prisoner, the ones that don't have a voice in society, all these are the needy and we need to show them God's love. We need to show them God's love. You see, if you could come with me to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21. Proverbs 14, verse 21. You're there, say amen. It says this, Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. What an amazing and beautiful verse that is. Whoever shows contempt to the poor, what does he do? I mean, if we could... Uh, Oh, I'm reading from that one. I read it from the uh, New International Version. That's why on the screen it might be a little different. Okay. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. If you're kind to the needy, what do you do? You honor God by doing that. You honor God. You see, we're looking for ways to show Him that we're grateful for what He's done in our lives. One of the ways that we honor Him is by doing what? Being kind to the needy. To the one that cannot pay you back for what you're doing for them. You see, there's a person in this room this morning. He doesn't know I'm going to highlight him right now. But I want to highlight Rudy. I want to highlight you right now. Because I was preaching and I was looking at you and going into this point. And you've been an example of that to me in this church. Because you're the person that within missions has been leading the visits to Harmony Health Center to visit those elderly people for over a year and a half now. Every month you're the one leading that group. Everyone, every month you're the one walking into those rooms with a different group of people from our church leading those prayers hugging those elderly people. And I want to tell you something, that by what you're doing, you've been honoring their maker. You've been honoring God. You've been showing Him honor. So I bless your life, brother, and I thank you for being an example to me and to Numa Church on how to show God's love to the needy. Can we give it up for Rudy right here? And I know that it takes time. You got to get out of your comfort zone. First Saturdays, oh man, I want to sleep. But you know, first Saturdays at Numa, nine o'clock, we're meeting here. We're going to go out to the community. And I saw that, you know, firsthand, especially with the elderly. You know, I mean, there's a lot of needs in our city. We live in a big city. Okay. There's hungry people here. There's orphans. There's, you guys, I've brought people from Heartbeat of Miami. I brought people here 
okay, from his house children's home, and we talked about the importance, you know, of being foster parents. But something about those elderly people, something about those people that have lived their life, and a lot of them are put in a shelter a lot of times and are forgotten by society. They're just put there because maybe I'm too busy, so I really can't keep an eye on them, and I understand that. A lot of times they need medication, and that's the best place that they could be at. I totally understand that. What I don't understand is that guy that I met when my dad was passing away, that he had been here there for two years without a single visit from a family member. And during Thanksgiving, the nurses would go around him and start singing to him. And they would whisper to me, because he was sharing the room with my dad. They would whisper to me, and they would say, nobody comes to visit him. Nobody comes to look at him. And all around his little night table were pictures of all his family. And that's heartbreaking, guys. You see, as long as there's a church that represents Jesus Christ in the city, okay, and we're in this community, we should go out there and make a difference in as many as we can. We can't touch the whole city. I understand that. But if, if each of us in this room would say, you know what, in those first Saturdays, I'm going to set apart three first Saturdays of this year, and I'm going on that outing. I don't, need even, I don't even need you to come to every month's first Saturday. Just pick three of the year and say, you know what, I'm going to come in the one in July, I'm going to come to the one in September, and the one in November. I'm going to be there. You know what would happen if everybody that congregates here between this service and the next service will show up? You know how many people we get to touch and bless and honor God through it? That's the way God wants to use us. You see, with one of those elderly people, you don't need to open up, you know, oh, we're going to read from the book of Exodus, you know, when Moses parted the water. They don't need none of that, man. You just sit there. They think you're like their grandchild. They'll look at you and they'll call you like by a different name and you just nod your head. You're like, yeah, I'm that person, you know. Like, don't worry. <laughs> it's like, call me what you want, man. I, you know, it's fine. It's cool, you know. Um, Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. And we're going to move from this point in a second. Oh, this is a beautiful one. It says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. There's some people out there that it's about time that they see some good in their life. It's about time that good comes and visit them. And it says, don't withhold it from them when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you are ready, have it with you. See, when you have an answer to a person's need, don't tell them, hey, we'll take care of this next week or in a month. No, if you have the answer for that need, that person needs it now. Don't withhold good from people. Okay? So we show God's love to the lost. We show God's love to the needy. And number three, guys. Number three. Lastly, we show God's love to the brokenhearted and oppressed. Write that down. The brokenhearted and the oppressed. 
and you might be there and you're like, Pastor, aren't these like the same people? <laughs> like, like the needy, aren't they brokenhearted and oppressed? Well, I'm going to give you a little definition there. All right. This is not the Webster's Dictionary. This is the PC definition. All right. Who are the brokenhearted and oppressed? The brokenhearted are people that have been crushed by situations they are facing or have faced that are beyond their powers or ability to fix. I'm going to repeat that. The brokenhearted are people that have been crushed by situations they are facing or have faced that are beyond their power or ability to fix. For example, the loss of a loved one. The loss of a loved one, okay? That's something that crushes you, especially when you're not ready for it. When you're ready for it, it's already tough. When you're not ready for it, it comes at you like a tsunami, okay? And you know that that's beyond your power to fix. You can't do anything about it, you know? Now, we're going to pray for resurrection. I believe that 100%, all right? A broken relationship. I've seen so many marriages, okay, that because of situations that happen, okay, that marriage that marriage breaks off. And I've seen one or the other fighting for that marriage. I've had women walk into my office and say, man, Pastor, I'm going to believe from my husband. I'm going to believe that God's going to do something. But the husband is already seeing another person living in another state, somewhere else. You know how that person feels? Brokenhearted. Feels brokenhearted. Feels that it's beyond their power, the ability to fix their situation. Some of us may have a child that is disobedient, a child that you've dealt with, a child that maybe he got into his teenage years and now he's in his college age and he wants nothing to do with you, nothing to do with God. As a parent, that's a, man, that breaks my heart. I give my life for my four kids right now. They're all small. You know, I put them to bed at night and I look at them and I just say, I tell the Lord, Lord, please have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I have a strong-willed child. <laughs> Very strong. And I pray and I'm like, Lord, let them listen. Let them obey, Lord. Let him not have to go through life and experiment heartache and pain in order for him to listen and obey. You see, sometimes when you're an adult parent and your kids are grown up, how much you wish, you know, that your kid would love God. How much you wish that they would walk in the ways of God. It breaks your heart. It's a burden. Terminal disease. Doctor comes and tells you, listen, we found this in you. You have three months to live, four months to live. A situation like that is beyond even your reasoning at the moment. You're like, what? I didn't come here for that. And you leave with that report. And of course you're going to pray. Of course you're going to come and ask for healing. And you're going to believe God to the end we do. But I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't break your heart. All these are the brokenhearted. All these people need for us to show God's love to them. And then the oppressed. Who are the oppressed? Going back to the PC definition, all right? 
The oppressed are people that are under the influence or control of someone else. Okay? They find themselves in some sort of bondage. Many times, okay, this could be because of demonic activity in certain areas of their life where they can seem to find breakthrough. Right? That's sometimes. All right? But I'll give you a definition of being over. I've seen people that are oppressed by sickness. They're constantly sick. They can't get out of it. Unchangeable habits. Habits that you just can't break. They just come over and over and over again. Financial circumstances. Some people that they're always broke. And they don't seem to get out of that situation. It's just constant. Uncontrolled behaviors. People that you just, for example, you see like outbreaks of anger constantly. I think that those are people that are under some bondage. Things that press you down. And I don't know if you've ever been there. That you just feel that there's things in your life that they're pressing on. They're pressing you down. They're pressing you down constantly, keeping you discouraged and sad and without hope. These people need God's love. And one thing's for certain, guys. When you're dealing with broken hearts and with oppression, you're dealing with people that are tired. Life has them tired. They've been fighting. They've been going through issues. Week after week, day after day, month after month. It gets tiring after a while when you don't see results. And you might be a good Christian. You're coming to church and you're doing all the right things, saying all the right things. And you might be part of the ushers ministry or you're part of the legacy breakfast and you're doing all these things. And you go to sleep at night. And I don't know if this has happened to you. I've been in moments that this has happened. You go to sleep at night. You sleep nine hours and you wake up and you're tired, depleted. Your soul doesn't rest. Your soul is in unease. Many find themselves in that condition. People in that condition, you know what they need? They need a dose of God's love. They need to encounter God. They need to encounter Jesus through us, through you, through me. It could be a prayer. It could be a hug. It could be a word. It could be a prophetic utterance. It could be listening, sitting down to listen. Sometimes people need to talk. Sometimes I just sit down. I'm like, all right, tell me what's going on. Hasn't it ever happened to you that you feel like throwing up? And once you throw up, man, it's like, all right, now I feel good. Has that ever happened to you? Like, are you, all you needed was like to throw up. Well, emotionally, sometimes people just need to throw up. They just need to like vent it out. Oh, like, listen, just sit there, bro. Just come on. Let's go. I'll pick up the mess. Let's go. But once they get up, they're gone, man. They feel different. You know, there's a, a freedom. All right. And that's what our soul soul training was about this weekend. All right. Some of our dream teamers. Okay. We're here this weekend since Thursday. And yesterday we got an intensive training because that's a church. Okay, we want to offer the tools to the people that congregate here 
and to the people that are going to come and are coming, we want to offer them tools to help them in their brokenness, to help them in their despair, to help them in the midst of the situations that they're going through. And if you're here and you're going through a situation like that, let me tell you something. In a second, we're going to have people come up here to pray. And they're going to be here to pray with you. And they're not here to whatever you tell them. Don't worry, they're not going to go and put it on Instagram tonight. They're not going to take a picture of you like, look at this dude that he came up here for prayer. No, it's not going to happen. It's going to be confidential. You see, it's good if you're here and you're going through something like that. If you're going through a tough situation and you're brokenhearted or you're going through some oppression, you need to find a small group of men, if you're a guy, of women, if you're a woman, people that could encourage you and lift up your arms when you're weak. That's what our small groups are about. Connection, relationships. That you could go in there, man. I have my small groups on, on Tuesday night. And I love, I have some of my guys here right now. And we go in there and we talk about the stuff that we're going through and stuff that we've gone. And let me tell you something. After we leave there, man, we're, we feel the Holy Spirit is, is working. We feel that he did something in our lives. I want to finish by reading Luke chapter 4. Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. I'm sure that if you've been in church for about two months, <laughs> you might have gone through this verse already. This is Jesus speaking about his mission. Now I'm reading this one from the NIV in English. Jesus says, And the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. It's like the best news you could give a prisoner that they're free. And recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, Jesus came to do all that. What did he come to do? Set the prisoner free. Give sight to the ones that are blind. He did it physically. He does it spiritually. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Something that we heard over and over again this weekend in our training. And I want you to hear this. Okay? I want you guys to hear this. God is not mad at anybody here. God is not upset at anybody here. God is not here out to get you. You see, I love the example of if you're a father and you need to teach something to your child, you're not going to get your child's arm and break it. You're not going to get your child's leg and break it. It's like, well, I hope you learn now. <laughs> uh, you learn your lesson. What father does that? What parent would do that to their kid to teach him a lesson? Well, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your father in heaven Okay, we'll take care of you or give you good things. I want to tell you something. 
It's the year of the Lord's favor. And when I'm talking about the year, I'm not speaking chronologically, 2019. Okay? We're in a time after Jesus' coming here to earth called the year of the favor of the Lord. It's a time of grace. It's a time of mercy where God is not upset. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to heal. He's ready to deal with our brokenness. And He wants to deal with you the same way that He deals with me. I want to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning. You see, whether you're here or you're watching through that camera, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is moving. And there's areas in us and you're like, Lord, I want you to use me to show your love to the lost, to the needy, to the brokenhearted and oppressed. But I have some stuff in me, Lord. <laughs> I have some stuff and, and all right, I'm getting equipped to go out there and do it. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. But Lord, I want you to work in me as well. I want you to work in me as well. I want you to take a moment right there where you're at and just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me? What are you telling me this morning? And maybe ask this question, Holy Spirit, in what area of my life do you want to bring freedom in? Today's message has been called the instruments of His love. And we're challenging you. I'm challenging myself that we would go out there and be instruments of God's love to all these different people that we've talked about. But the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians talks about comforting others with the comfort that we have received. You see, sometimes God wants to use our areas that were broken and He heals that and now He uses that with power to give life to other people. And if this morning... You're there and the Holy Spirit is showing you an area of brokenness in you. An area that, that you're like, Lord, you know, this constantly comes back, whether it's an oppression or something that broke your heart, like I spoke a second ago. And this morning you want to come up to one of these people here and say, you know what, can you join me in prayer? Can we team up and pray? Jesus said that if we come in agreement here on earth, upon anything it says it will be done by my father that is in heaven we want to come in agreement with you this morning in prayer and declare great breakthrough over your life declare god's breakthrough over your life so if you need to come for prayer you go ahead and you come all right you come you find one of these men of god women of god that are here and like i said it's going to be confidential this is a moment okay between you and the lord Okay, as people come up to the front, all right, and you're back there, you might be one of those people that has been visiting these last few weeks, and you might come and you're like, Pastor, I don't even know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I, I know that tradition with Jesus. I know the one that, you know, they've shown us on the cross or the one on movies that they're during Easter week. But I would like to know Jesus the way that you're speaking about him. I would like to have a relationship with God. You see, the Bible says that Jesus came here to earth, lived a perfect life to pay for your sins and my sins. And he died upon a cross, taking our place. But he didn't stay upon that cross. The Bible says he resurrected on the third day. And through his resurrection, 
we find forgiveness of sin and new life. The Bible says the old things are gone. All things are made new. There's new life for you today. Once again, whether you're here or you're watching online. So I would like to lead you in a prayer. If you feel that that's you and you want to make that decision this morning. So if that's you, okay, this morning, can you just raise your hand right there where you're at? And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Anyone here this morning that needs to invite Jesus to come into their heart? 